Welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts Program. I'm your host, Steve Z. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Truth Hurts Program. It is Monday, the ninth day of August, 2021. I'm Steve Z. I want to talk to you about a topic that might be somewhat controversial. I hope I don't shake the faith of those of you who disagree with me on this next topic, but it is somewhat controversial. Here we go. If a person is, let's say, a police officer, and that person develops over six months or a year a physical ailment, let's say he develops an infection in his lower leg from a cut that he receives at the family picnic or a trip to the beach, and then he goes to work and he ignores that, and he lets it fester and he lets it get worse and worse, and if he's an honest police officer, he doesn't try and blame the job for causing him to cut his leg and it become infected. And let's say he dies of some sepsis or some other debilitating bacterial infection as a result of playing ball at the beach and having some flesh-eating bacteria eat his leg up. Would you consider that that officer died in the line of duty? Of course not. He died of an infection that occurred off the job and he failed to address that infection and then he died and it would just be a police officer died of an infection that he received away from the job, not in the line of duty. Okay, that's my setup for this next story. Bevan Hurley wrote an article in The Independent, and it says, widow of DC police officer who killed himself after January 6th riot says his death should be considered in the line of duty. Wrong. If a soldier goes overseas and fights in Afghanistan or Iraq or some other conflict and he comes home and for years and years he battles with post-traumatic stress disorder and he cannot cope with whatever demons have developed inside him, he died of suicide. He did not die in the line of duty. Line of duty means you were shot to death by an assailant while you were trying to uphold the law while you were trying to defend innocent people against attack. Line of duty is when a fireman rushes into a burning building to rescue a woman and her three children, her five kittens, and her puppy. And he succumbs to the smoke and the flames, and he dies in the fire. He didn't die in the line of duty if after work he had a few beers with the guys because it was a rough day in the fire line, and he decided to drive home drunk and got killed. Or even if he drove home sober and a drunk driver killed him. That fireman did not die in the line of duty. The widow of former police officer Jeffrey Smith, who died by suicide after being supposedly injured, battling people identified as rioters on the 6th day of January, wants her late husband's death to be reclassified and recorded as occurring in the line of duty. Erin Smith said her husband and three other Capitol Police officers who killed themselves after the insurrection deserve to be recognized for the horrors they have seen and protected us from. I've got news for you, Miss Smith, and I'm very sorry your husband killed himself. Suicide is a very major problem in our country and with police officers and with the military. But your husband saw some people knock down a few barricades and walk through the Capitol and knock over a few filing cabinets. What you're claiming was a riot on January 6th was nothing more than a bunch of people getting into a building and knocking over a few lamps, pushing around a few chairs. This was nowhere near the level of violence that the Portland Police Department, the Seattle Police Department, had to face with over one year of violent, arson-laden, projectile-throwing, 
violent attacks, assaults, battery, chemical sprays in the so-called peaceful protests of last year. Your husband had to see a few people push their way through open doorways after several of his colleagues, and who knows, maybe even he himself, ushered in and allowed and directed people who decided to get a little unruly at the Capitol because they in their hearts truly felt the election had been stolen with widespread voter fraud, widespread rampant voter fraud. No one on the police force sustained injuries to the levels that rise anywhere near the level of injury sustained by the police officers in Portland or in Seattle during those very violent riots that occurred last year in the wake of the drug overdose death of the criminal thug animal George Floyd, who happened to be in police custody at the time of his demise. You're a cold son of a bitch. Writing in the USA Today, Ms. Smith told how the District of Columbia government had determined her husband's injuries didn't qualify because they were, quote, emotional invisible. She says it's time for the mayor, the Metropolitan Police Department, the D.C. government, and other departments and governments around the country to recognize that silent injuries, these deaths, even when at a police officer's own hand, are a direct result of the job they had been doing. You are wrong, Ms. Smith. You are 100% incorrect. Of course, it is a ploy to get additional insurance money and benefits, because if you die in the line of duty, you qualify for many different things, such as double indemnity insurance benefits. And you can participate in charity gifts because everyone likes to support a hero. I'm not calling your husband a coward for taking his own life. Some people commit suicide slowly over 60, 70 years by choosing to smoke cigarettes or other tobacco products to get their mind off of life's worries, off of the stresses of living in America. Some people choose to commit suicide slowly over decades by drinking alcohol to excess because of the stresses of their particular jobs, their life situations, and they drink to numb the pain, and eventually the drink does them in. On the day of the so-called insurrection, Mr. Smith, a Washington, D.C. Metro police officer, responded to calls from the Capitol Police Department for assistance as rioters stormed the U.S. Capitol in an attempt to overturn the 2020 election results, which, by the way, is a lie. They did not attempt to overturn the results. They attempted to protest the results because they were so very wrought with impropriety, voter fraud, and all those other things we've discussed time and time again here on the Truth Hurts program. But I digress. Miss Smith said she received a text from her 35-year-old husband which said, London has fallen, in reference to the movie. This was nowhere near, not even close by comparison to the scenario that played out under London has fallen, or White House down, or Olympus has fallen. In those movies, massive bombings occurred, destroying entire buildings, entire city blocks. People were shot in masse by automatic and semi-automatic gunfire, rocket-propelled grenades, and other bombs and ordnance. On January 6th, a bunch of people broke a couple of windows at the U.S. Capitol, and a hundred or so people stormed inside, and some of them, heaven forbid, turned over a file cabinet, or a desk lamp, or a chair, and scattered some papers about the ground. London has fallen my ass. 
No offense, and I don't wish to speak ill of the dead, Miss Smith, but your husband was obviously a drama queen. You're a cold son of a bitch. At 5.35 p.m., according to Miss Smith, while defending the building, Officer Smith was allegedly struck in the head with a metal pole and stayed on the front lines for several hours before seeking medical attention. Miss Smith recounted how her husband's emotional state changed after he was, quote, brutally attacked, unquote. She says he was in constant pain, didn't leave the house to even walk the dog. He became withdrawn and moody. He went for a follow-up medical appointment on the 14th of January and was cleared to go back to work the next day. Couldn't have been too bad of an injury, right? After all, a medical professional who's licensed to practice medicine is on the line, would certainly not risk his entire career sending Mr. Smith back to work if his injuries had been consistent with major trauma. He was returning to work with the DC police and he shot himself in the head. Since then, Ms. Smith said they had been stigmatized, had their health insurance taken, denied even the courtesy of an official burial. Medical experts, including the former chief medical examiner for the District of Columbia, told Ms. Smith the events of January 6th are the direct cause of Jeffrey's death. Really? He made a conscious decision to unholster his firearm, put a round in the chamber, if it was not already there, and shoot himself in the head. No Capitol rioter was there to pull the trigger. No Antifa supporter, no BLM supporter, no Proud Boys supporter, no Trump supporter was there to pull the trigger on Mr. Smith's gun. You're a cold son of a bitch. Mrs. Smith, obviously financially hurting now because her main source of income is gone, has formally requested the Police and Firefighters Retirement and Relief Board designate the suicide as, quote, in the line of duty, unquote, which will bring much greater financial benefits. She says it would also provide her and the memory of her husband with dignity. She says, we know that mental health can fail just like physical health. That knowledge should lead to changes in how police officers' deaths and injuries are treated. If a police officer is standing outside directing traffic and someone runs over him with a car, Miss Smith, that is a direct injury or death in the line of duty. If a police officer shouts, freeze, drop your weapon to a criminal thug animal on the street, and that person turns and fires a shot and injures or kills the police officer, that is the line of duty, Miss Smith. When you choose consciously because you cannot cope with some stress in your life, Perhaps his stress of the job, perhaps that was just a small part of Mr. Smith's mental condition, Miss Smith. Perhaps you nagging and bitching and pissing and whining and moaning for years of marriage because he was only a beat cop and didn't ever get promoted because maybe he had a bad attitude. Maybe he just wasn't promotion material. Maybe that or the fact that you had some other personal issues in your marriage finally drove him over the edge. Maybe, Miss Smith, he got tired of hearing you say, you're not hurt, honey, when are you going back to work? When are you gonna get off your lazy ass and go back to work? They're gonna fire you if you don't go back to work. It was just too stressful for him. He was not emotionally, mentally fit for the job he was doing. All of this is possible. I'm not doubting that Mr. Smith had some stress involved in his job. Being a cop in the 2020, 2021 year, has been extremely stressful because of all the defund the police movements, all of the anti-police hatred that was ginned up by the Democrats and those on the left. That can be very stressful. 
But to say that your husband died in the line of duty when he made a conscious decision to unholster his service revolver and blow his own brains out is incorrect. It is improper. And I'm sorry, but your request is denied. That is the ugly truth, and sometimes the truth hurts. You're a cold son of a bitch. One more quick question I have for Miss Smith and those who support her point of view. And don't get me wrong, listen, suicide is a horrible, horrible thing. Mental illness is a horrible thing. I personally have first-hand knowledge of people who suffer daily from mental illness challenges. I know people who are the survivors of suicide victims in their own families. I know personally people who attempted suicide and survived, and they explain it in a way that it's almost impossible to put into words unless you've lived it. I have not had that, fortunately, in my own life. I've never experienced the desire to go out and kill myself. I've always managed to find a way to cope with whatever stresses, difficulties have come upon me. And I hope that everyone could do the same thing. Now, my point to Miss Smith is this, and to anyone supporting her position. Ashley Babbitt, a United States Air Force veteran who faithfully served her country for her full term, a veteran of the military who I'm sure had her own battles with post-traumatic stress disorder after faithfully fulfilling her commitment to the military, went to the U.S. Capitol on January 6th to exercise her First Amendment right to freedom of assembly, freedom of speech, freedom of expression. And she was gunned down, murdered in cold blood by a Capitol Police officer on that day. She was unarmed, and she was brutally, savagely murdered by a lieutenant, an African-American lieutenant on the Capitol Police Force, whose name still has not been released. Can her death be considered in the line of duty, Miss Smith, because she made a conscious decision to exercise her First Amendment rights on January 6th and peacefully walk into the Capitol building? and then get gunned down by a cowardly Capitol cop who panicked and fired his service weapon, murdering her in cold blood, and to this day, he has not been held accountable? Can she have her federal government military funeral with honors and a 21-gun salute and have the U.S. government pay her added benefits for her death, Miss Smith? Is that possible, Miss Smith? Or do you think people like Ashley Babbitt are the cause of your husband's death? Because although your husband swore an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States, those Capitol cops were there to deprive American citizens of their rights under that same Constitution. Just something to think about. This is the Truth Hurts Program. On the earlier edition of the Truth Hurts Program, I spent 30 minutes reading past headlines about dire climate change and man-caused pollution warnings issued by the United Nations and other so-called scientific experts over a 55-plus year period of time. There were articles from the Los Angeles Times, the New York Times, the Boston Globe, Time Magazine, and other worldwide publications that spent 50-something years warning us of an impending ice age or an impending acid rain problem or an impending ozone layer destruction or an impending melting of the polar ice caps or of global warming. They do so only so that they can collect money from sheeple 
who mindlessly donate to such causes. In the Wall Street Journal, dated today, August 9th, 2021, United Nations panel issues stark climate change warning. Here we go again. It says, rising seas, melting ice caps, and other effects of a warming climate may be irreversible for centuries and are unequivocally driven by greenhouse gas emissions from human activity. A scientific panel working under the auspices of the United Nations said this Monday in a new report. Here we go again. This new warning, which sounds exactly like all the old warnings, was issued by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, which is an organization of 195 world governments. The report is drawn from a three-year analysis of 14,000 peer-reviewed scientific studies. Oh, now they're going to start using buzzwords like peer-reviewed. It is the first major international assessment of climate change research since way, way back in 2013. And it is the first of four reports expected over the next 15 months. Co Barrett is the vice chair of the panel and a senior advisor for the climate at the Office of Oceanic and Atmospheric Research at the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA. Co Barrett says, We've known for decades that the world is warming, but this report tells us that recent changes in the climate are widespread, rapid, and intensifying, unprecedented in thousands of years. Further, it is indisputable that human activities are causing climate change. Bullshit! You said this has been decades of warning about global warming. And yet, only a few short decades ago, your same group of clowns was saying we were in for a new ice age. Remember? Glacial proportions. You guys couldn't make up your minds if you had only one mind. Dan Lunt is a climate scientist at the UK's University of Bristol. He is one of 234 co-authors of this report, and he said... It is now completely apparent that the climate is changing everywhere on the planet. No shit, Sherlock. Listen, folks, I'm going to explain this to you in the most scientific means that a common sense thinking person can possibly understand. I want you to think back to the second or third grade when you were in elementary school and the teacher had that wonderful mobile or stationary display of our solar system on his or her desk. There was the sun in the middle, and then there was an axis coming out of the sun, and there were these little planets circling the sun on that movable display. Remember? They had Mercury, and they had Venus, and they had Earth, and then they had Mars, and all the other planets, and you could spin those planets around the axis of the sun on that stationary object sitting upon your teacher's desk? Newsflash, my friends. The solar system is not set on defined axis points. Gravity from each planet and each moon of each planet in reference to one planet's orbit around that sun and in relation to the other planets in orbit around that sun have direct effects on just how close to or how far from the third planet known as Earth, the only one we really have to concern ourselves about, 
revolves around that sun, that star. Oh, and by the way, that star, it ebbs and flows in intensity. That means sometimes it's brighter and sometimes it's a little dimmer. Sometimes the chemical activity of the sun wanes just a little bit and things become a little cooler for all of the planets that revolve around that sun. And sometimes during periods of increased solar activity, for which people on the third planet, Earth, have absolutely zero bearing upon, sometimes solar activity, solar flares, and chemical changes occur within that star, that sun, and make it burn a little more brightly, a little more intensely. And those revolutions around the sun are directly affected by the combination of chemical activity and the gravitational effects of those other planets and bodies in the solar system. How cocky, brash, and brazen is the human species to think that their presence upon this Earth, this third planetary body revolving around the sun at about a thousand miles per hour, spinning around about 24 hours in a day, and revolving around the sun at about 365 days per year. How that little insignificant species known as man, another mammal, another animal in the food chain, could possibly adversely affect the temperature of that third planet. There are a few facts here that puzzle me and should puzzle you if you're a thinking common sense person. How can the so-called knowledgeable scientists, the climate experts have gotten it so wrong 50 years ago, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, to say that we were headed for a global ice age, and now suddenly they do a 180 degree turn, looking at this very small period of time in the overall history of our solar system, and be so wrong then, and now we're supposed to believe that they are so correct now. How dumb were they back then? Or perhaps how dumb are they now? Or how about they've been dumb all along because they think you are stupid enough to believe that your F-250 diesel is causing the temperature to either fall to glacial levels in a new ice age or to rise to easy bake oven levels in global warming. They use carbon dioxide as their measuring tool Levels of carbon dioxide released into the air by the burning of fossil fuels, concrete production, deforestation, and other land use changes reached a modern seasonal high of 419 parts per million in the month of May 2021. And they claim, through their expertise, that that is higher than any time in the past 3.6 million years, according to Noah. 3.6 million years ago? There was no mankind. Sure, they can dig for fossils, but they'll also find that the level of oxygen produced now is also at record highs. Deforestation may be a problem in some countries, but here in the United States of America, my friends, there are more physical trees in our land area than there were at the founding of our nation in 1776. I understand that polluting is a bad thing. I'm not ignorant. I'm not stupid. I can accept the fact that we do have some effect on the levels of pollution in the air. We have done, as a nation, the United States of America, that is, 
a great deal to control it. I don't mean to bemoan and belabor this issue by repeating something I've said multiple times over the years here on the Truth Hurts program. But when I was a young child and our factories belched smoke into the air and the diesel trucks went down the street and the buses belching black smoke into the air, we've come a long, long way since 1975. Catalytic converters, air scrubbers, pollution control methods put into place in our, what's left of our factories in the United States, have indeed made positive change. We don't pollute nearly as much in 2021 as we did in 1971 or even 1991. We have indeed come a long way, my friends. And for these clowns to now tell us, oh my God, it's the end. It's just another lie that they've been foisting upon us for decades. They warned, if you recall, in 2015, the Paris Climate Summit, that the global increase in temperature was going to be 2.7 degrees Fahrenheit just five years after that 2015 climate summit. It's not even 0.01% higher on average. But guess what? When you look at greenhouse gas emissions from human activity as a comparison by temperature, according to these same scientists, global temperatures have only increased by 1.1 degrees Celsius since 1850, according to their own reports. They're claiming now without rapid reductions in emissions, global temperatures could rise an additional one and a half degrees Celsius over the next, guess, go ahead, guess. That's right, 20 years. They always push this thing out 20 years because by then most people have forgotten about their hype, their over-reporting, their drama, their lies. And of course, there's always the existential aspect of things. Noah's Dr. Barrett said, we know there is no going back from some changes in the climate system, but some can be slowed or stopped if emissions are reduced. And if a change does not occur, we will all be doomed in 20 years. Supposedly, they're rising each and every year. And are the sea levels also rising? Last year, by the way, global temperatures tied for the warmest on record. Tied. They didn't increase. The year before that, they were actually lower. And the year before that, they were actually lower. You see, it's called a cycle. Sometimes in the revolution of Earth around the sun, in relation to the revolution of other planets and their gravitational pulls upon Earth as the sun's gravitational pull on Earth changes, cycles occur. And I'm going to give you the quick and dirty because we're running short on time here. When there is no planet further out in the orbital rotation than Earth that is close by, in other words, when Jupiter and Venus and Uranus, and yes, Pluto, and I'm still counting Pluto, and Mars are closer to Earth in the rotation, lined up closer to us, the gravitational pull of those planets pulls the Earth slightly farther from the Sun, and during those decades of time, centuries of time, we're a little farther from the Sun and the temperatures go down. But when those planets are on the far opposite side of the sun, farther away from their direct effect gravitationally upon Earth, the sun's gravity pulls us slightly closer to itself. We're not on that fixed axis like on your teacher's third grade science class desk. We revolve around the sun and the centrifugal motion of our spinning, our rotation, keeps us from getting pulled directly into the sun. The sun has dramatic gravitational pull upon the earth. And when there's no countering force 
as in the other much larger planets and their gravitational effects pulling us a little farther away from the sun, we get a little warmer. It happens in cycles. It has happened in cycles for millions upon millions of years of the existence of our solar system. To think for one moment that that little cigarette you're smoking or that campfire you burned this weekend or perhaps the factory that produces the oil that you burn in your diesel truck and that diesel truck itself have a profound direct effect on the temperature of this planet is insane at best and criminally insane at worst. I'm very proud of what we as the United States of America have done as well as other countries like Australia, New Zealand, England, Ireland, Scotland, Germany, France, Spain, Denmark, the Netherlands, Switzerland. I'm very proud of the accomplishments we've made in developing technology and in reducing pollution on our planet. But there are people out there who have been brainwashed to think otherwise. And that brainwashing, my friends, is just as dangerous as the lies that they are perpetrating upon you, the sheeple. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Two topics, but two very important topics, I think. We'll see you on the next program. Go out there and make it a great day. You have been listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program, copyright 2021, the Truth Hurts Network. Thank you.